Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Will, and I'm joined today by the man, the myth, the legend, Ronald Kelly, author of Somewhere South of Hell 1 through 3, Hindsight, Pitfall, Something Out There, and the upcoming Southern uh, Southern Fried and Horrified coming September 6th. Ron, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. So I usually start off by asking my guests, what is the horror movie that got you into horror movies? And that would be uh, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Really? I had not heard that one yet. The original one? <laughs> uh, let me give a little background. Um, when I was six years old, um, there was a, a local show called The Big Show that came on at three o'clock in the afternoon right after school. And they would show all the universal uh, monster horror movies and the 50s science fiction movies. And and so I'm, after you know, a steady diet of like Bozo and Three Stooges and everything, my mother finally you know, allowed me to watch, you know, she said, well, come home. You know, I was in the first grade. She said, come on home and you can watch one of these, these monster movies. So I came home and, and the first one that they showed was the creature of the black lagoon. And, and that is my first memory of, of actually loving monsters. You know, um, I'd always liked weird kind of things and everything up to that point, but, but um, that movie is what, you know, that's what's solidified it for me. <laughs> so um, I love the Universal movies. I guess they like it's really refreshing to hear someone mention one of those because my all time favorite is Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, so that makes yeah, me really I love, happy. That, I love that movie. Yeah, that, that, there's so much stuff in Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, you know, it's a really peculiar, uh, quirky kind of movie, you know, for that time, you know, and but. Uh, yeah, I love all the universal monster movies, you know. A Creature from the Black Lagoon, I think that was the one where a lot of people argue, much like Frankenstein, that the monster isn't really like an evil entity. It's kind of just a victim of circumstance where it's not like trying to be evil. It's just doing what monsters do. Right, right. And, you know, he was like an outsider. I mean, they, they invaded his territory and and he just kind of reacted in you know, instinctively, you know, by, you know, fighting back, you know, I mean, they, their whole, um, the expedition's whole um, uh, purpose for going to the Black Lagoon was to capture him and study him, you know, maybe dissect him, who knows, you know, they, they, who knows what the, you know, the scientists actually wanted to do with them. Yeah. uh, And the thing, Another thing is um, a couple years before I had had an accident where I had burnt my arm and um, I had heavy scarring on my left arm, still have a trace of it. And um, and when I went to school, you know, the kids looked at me differently and everything and, and almost treated me like an outsider. So maybe this connected. I connected with this movie in a way that, you know, you know that the creature was an outsider and I, I'm in school. I basically felt like an outsider too. So, so, you know, I, I didn't, of course I didn't make that connection back then when I was six years old, but you know, looking back, you know, it seems like that could have been, you know, I think those are the best horror movie villains. The ones that are like 
you can connect with them if you are an outsider, if you're someone who's been through like horrible things, if you're someone who doesn't quite fit in a society like, you know, Frankenstein, to an extent, Dracula, most of the universal monsters are a lot like that, where they're not, you know, evil entities, you know, maybe with the exception of Dracula, I think he was pretty (laughs) evil. (laughs) But like, you know, they're victims of circumstance. They're just like trying to get by, just doing what they do. Right. Like like Larry, Larry Talbert, you know, as the Wolfman, you know, was a very tragic, you know, character. And uh, all through the series of movies that had the Wolfman, you know. I also like how, um, did you watch The Shape of Water where they had the uh, kind of creature character? You know, I've never seen that maybe. I need to, I need to watch that. Now, who did that? Did that, uh, who directed that movie? Oh, that was uh, Guillermo del Toro. Okay. He did yeah. uh, Pan's Labyrinth and a couple other big ones. Like right. Yes. Yes. I'm going to have to check that out because I keep hearing about that. It was one. At first, I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it because, you know, you get the whole background of, oh, it's a woman who's in love with a, a monster. And you kind of take that as the basic premise. But it's so much more like the human in that movie, the scientist studying him. He's the real monster. And like, yeah. I love movies like that with a dichotomy between the human monsters and what we think of as monsters. Right. Because, like, the question I love asking is, you know, what, like, what quantifies a monster in everyone's eyes is, you know, what is a monster? Is it something that's, like, qualifiably different from everybody? Is it something unique? Is it something that's visually scary? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the one thing about the creature that struck me was, I mean, um, you know, Jack Pierce, when he did the makeup of Frankenstein Monster and Wolfman and the Mummy, uh, I mean, they were all, you know, it was great makeup jobs and everything, but the creature, I mean, it was, it, it was such a detailed suit. You know, it was a latex suit. Um, uh, the, the swimming part was done by Raku Browning, and the land part was done by uh, Ben Chapman. And, uh, but uh, Millicent Patrick's the one who, who designed the creature costume, and she didn't get, credit for it for years and years until just recently you know that she received the proper credit for for designing the creature suit and how has creature from the black lagoon influenced you as a creator like has it been blood into your writing a bit yeah I, i i'd say there's several monsters i've you know developed over the years that kind of have a kinship to the creature i guess but um one that comes to mind is I, in my book, Something Out There, which it, it was originally uh, titled The Darken. Uh, the Darken is like a creature on a mountain that can, he's a changeling. He can change into any form, you know, like dinosaurs. Or he, and one one point he, he changes into the Frankenstein monster and, and uh, like ninjas and stuff like that. But he only he only gets violent when this um, this company comes to the mountain to strip to strip mine it and and just take all the re- natural resources. So, in a way, I mean, the darken is almost reacting in the same way that the creature, the black lagoon, did when when um, the scientists came to the black lagoon. Now, uh, going into your writing, what is your process like? Because I know it's different for everybody. Like, are you an outliner or are you more of a discoverer? Uh, as far as novels are concerned, uh, I do like mentally outline 
my books and stuff like that because I pretty much know what from chapter to chapter and and the end and what it's gonna uh, you know play out. Sometimes it it, it varies. I mean, I, there's been a couple of books that kind of took a a left turn. You know, when when I had a certain uh, direction I wanted to go, it it, it kind of shifted. You know, but uh, um, with short stories, it's pretty much I have a, a germ of an idea and I just um, I just go with it. I just sit down and start writing and let the characters react to the situation. And, and sometimes I don't know how the short story is going to end, but, you know, I always kind of end it ambiguously where, where the reader kind of, you know, makes up, you know, actually, you know, what actually happened after the end of the story. So. I like those kinds of stories. Uh, what would you say is more challenging for you, short stories or novels? Uh, novels are more challenging. I mean, there's a lot more involved in, you know, in the process and everything like that. Um, short stories, uh, short stories are pretty much my meat and potatoes. I mean, I'm basically a short story writer. And, um, I've written, I think I've written 250 short stories in my career. And um, the novels, I mean, when I wrote for Zebra Books, um, it was required that you had to write at least a 400 or 500 page book, which that's quite a, quite a long book, you know, considering what's being released today. And, uh, and you had to do like multiple subplots and multiple characters. And sometimes it was a, a big juggling act to, to keep all that moving and, and be coherent and, and be interesting. So, uh, but I, I think I did a good job with that. You know, um, I always tried to make it interesting and, and those subplots that wouldn't take everybody off on a wild goose chase, you know? Yeah. I gotta say, I respect anybody who can write short stories really well, like you do, because for me, those are challenging ones because you have such limited space. Like I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. Yeah. You know, but like, um, around 3000 to 5,000 words, that's my comfort zone. You know, uh, I, I can really, you know, I guess I've been doing it so long. I can, I can, if I have a good idea, I can sit down and write a short story in like two or three hours. You know, I've actually had people invite me to um, anthologies and I'll, I'll have a short story form and, you know, by the end of the day. So, you know, I I guess, I guess the, the more you, you do it, you know, over the years, the the more confidence you have and, and you can lay it out, you know, I guess, you know, you have a certain style and a certain way of doing it. And, and that's, I guess I've grown comfortable with that over the years. Now, you're a writer who's had like a lot of experience over the years. I know when you're with uh, Zebra Books after that folded, there was kind of a hiatus there. But now you're yeah. back. And like everyone was asking about that, saying like, oh, my God, yeah, Ron Kelly on the show, the legend. <laughs> like, how has your yeah. fan base responded to you coming back? Uh, my hiatus was like 10 years. I was I didn't write or read hard for 10 years. And. And then, um, say, when I was writing for Zebra, there was no internet. There was, you know, uh, I think it was just starting, you know. But um, um, when I came back in 2006, that's when there was all the discussion forums and and all that. And people started asking about me and 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 buying my books on eBay and everything. And, and um, it you know, I, I saw that people were still interested in my work. So, so I decided to come back and, um, 
And uh, Richard Shismar at the Cemetery Dance published my first two books after I came back in 2006. So, and that just kind of got the ball rolling. Now, how would you say uh, publishing has changed over the years? Like today's market, I know, is way different than it used to be as far as availability and as far as getting your work out there. Like, mm. how has it changed and where is it going? Well, when I was writing in the 80s and 90s, um, horror writers usually um, submitted to the small the small press magazines like Cemetery Dance and Death Realm, these little uh, independently um, published magazines. and and you just learned your trade and and um, develop your voice while you wrote for these little magazines and and you know if you got lucky you got into like the Twilight Zone magazine or Night Cry, um, but your main objective was was to get into mass market paperback publishing and and so I was lucky enough to have a agent who um, who uh, accepted my first horror novel and. Um, they had it for two and a half years trying to sell it and finally zebra bought it and that started my um my writing career with zebra um nowadays i, I think it's a lot easier to get to um i mean the whole writing process is, is easier you uh, uh you don't have to do all the you know manly typing and and uh, printing copies of manuscripts and then mailing them with snail mail. Uh, I mean, you can just, you know, type on the computer and, and uh, save a file and then, you know, email it out. It's, it's a lot easier than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many independent presses now that, I mean, it's, they're more, um, they're more accepting of uh, new writers and new material and everything than it was back in the old days. But um, I, th- I think it's, you know, the horrors is having a big boom now. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy to see it, you know, thriving the way it's been thriving. Oh yeah. But did you hear about uh, AuthorCon, the scares, the care convention? Yes. Or, uh, the second one is sold out within 30 minutes. Yes. I'll be, I'll be at the second one. I'm, I'm going to scares the cares next weekend. So, Oh, great. I'll be there as a, a guest author. And so I'm looking forward to that. And, um, um, but, uh, yeah, next year I'll be at AuthorCon. Um, I'll probably be in the vent. I think I got a table in the vendor's room, so I'll be set up in, at the vendor's room. And, uh, I just love how it's blowing up recently. Like people go there specifically for books. Like that's something I never would have thought of. Like back in high school and college, people actually going out mm-hmm. specifically for books. And like yeah. horror fans are really great about that. Like they're avid about getting the new ones as they come out. Yeah, I'll, you know, uh, I'll have um, like six or seven new books that I didn't have at the last Scares That Cares, you know. Uh, for sale so you know I've got some new books for people who you know who uh, and I will have uh, some uh, pre-release copies of uh, Southern Fried and Horrified my memoir so so that's kind of cool that I'll have some copies that people can buy before the release date of September 6th. Who do you say has been your most influential author in your life like who got you into writing really well? Well you know like most Stephen King started me out, you know, that he, he showed me that um, you could make a living writing this, that it was acceptable to write this, you know, he, he, 
they gave the you know horror genre like a renew, renewed respect you know where um it really didn't have it before when i was a teenager uh, i most mostly read the the classic horror you know like uh, dr jekyll mr hyde and dracula and frankenstein but, uh, because there wasn't a whole lot of you know newly written horror books and stories then maybe robert block and and richard matheson um uh, I'd say when I started writing horror, uh, Joe, Lan- Joe R. Lansdale and Robert McCammon were my big influences. Oh, McCammon. I just discovered him recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, Bo- Boy's Life is my favorite um, coming of age novel. You know? Yeah. Somebody was asking, like, you know, coming of age books, like where can you start if you love horror and coming of age? Because, you know, there's so many out there now. Coming of age novels are like a new resurgence. But mm. that one is hard to beat because I read that in like two days, as thick as it was, because I couldn't put it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm I'm sure Boy's Life was influential when I I wrote Fear. My that's my big coming of age books. So I I would say I mean there's I don't think there's any you know plot comparison or you know characters, but but it uh, it just kind of gave me. Um, an incentive to, you know, explore the uh, coming of age type fiction. Now, how did uh, growing up down South influence you as a writer? Oh, I, well, you know, every, all my fiction is based in the South. You know, it just seems like there's something about the South that has almost an underlying darkness and underlying danger to it, you know, at least to, you know, to people who's not from the South, you know. Um, uh, of course, you know, there's like movies like um, um, Deliverance and uh, Southern Comfort and all that may, you know, kind of give people, you know, that icky feeling about the <laughs> South. But um, it's just, uh, you know, my grandmother, she was a master storyteller and she would tell me all these stories about, uh, you know, Civil War history, and, you know, really weird uh, Civil War history and ghost stories and all that so you know when i started writing it was like i wanted to carry that on you know and and, uh, and bring the south you know represent it well in the hard genre one thing i've noticed about the south is everyone here has manners like everyone says please and thank you and have yeah, a good day. yeah yeah well you know it's 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 not as good as it used to be <laughs> but uh uh, the people who stay off social media, I guess they they're pretty <laughs> Social media destroys us all. <laughs> oh, I know it's a it it ruins a lot of people. <laughs> but speaking of social media, where can people find you and your work? Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook as as Ronald Kelly. You can find me on Twitter as uh, Ronald Kelly Four. Uh, I don't know why I'm number four. I guess I just give me that number. Uh, on Instagram is Dixie Darkin. And uh, you can um, pull up my website, RonaldKelly.com. Uh, it's got a lot of information on it. And um, uh, I've got a newsletter called um, the uh, Fear County Chronicle um, through Substack. And so um, if you go on any of my uh, social media platforms you can find a, a place where you can subscribe to it and uh, i just put out uh issue uh, number seven this morning so 
you know, I, I think I had a, yeah, I had a piece of flash fiction that I, I just did. I, I, I took a few minutes and wrote a little piece of flash fiction and put it on there. So, um, hopefully, everybody enjoyed that. I'm sure flash fiction for me is like the hardest thing ever. So once again, I respect you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, on Twitter last year we did this thing called uh, Trick or Tweet. Uh, 2021 where everybody wrote a little horror story in that space of 260 words or whatever characters or whatever it is that that that's maddening to my twitter because i can't you know you have to you've got that little bitty amount of words that you can use and and sometimes you know you just can't fit it all in but uh, um you know i did like seven or eight of those on twitter and and I've been going back and, and fleshing out and making them into little flash fiction pieces. Awesome. Well, Ron, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Well, thank you. It was, it was a pleasure. I enjoyed myself. So.